front-end developer for the first time in my career. User experience design. I'm a back-end developer and mainly work with Drupal. Welcome to another episode of Behind the Screens, where we go beyond the code and into the community. I'm your host, Chris Albrecht. Let's dive in. Behind the Screens is made possible by Lullabot. Lullabot is a strategy design and development company where we turn great content into captivating user experiences. Find us on Twitter at Lullabot or in your browser at lullabot.com. We'd love to meet you. Today, I'm going behind the screens at Drupal Camp Atlanta with Jacob Rockowitz. Jacob, most people know your name from Webform, moving that from Drupal 7 into Drupal 8. So tell us a little bit more about yourself, uh, how you got into Drupal, and how are we with Webform these days? Um, okay, okay, let's see. I'll give it three-year chronological. Well, no, there's a four-year history. There's a three-year history to Webform for Drupal 8, but there's four years because um, I work. For, I, my primary job is with Memorial Sloan Kettering Cancer Center, and they did an early adoption at Drupal 8. I can actually say they were like the largest. Early, they had a twenty or thirty thousand page site. It was like that range site, and we started on an alpha version and we launched on a beta. So we were one of the early adopters. So we had this challenge of there weren't a lot of modules. We went live with eight contrib modules, and like half of them reported over by us and the history of webform was we ran into that problem we like we need web forms for clinical to you know appointments collecting data feedback it was a key requirement and web forms hadn't been ported to d8 we went back and forth with you know how to solve it and i came up with this mvp solution which was called yaml form where it's like the key the key behind that whole concept was if you remove the ui from building a form and just make it a simple text file it becomes a lot easier because the UI is I've spent most of my work on Webform for D8 on the UI experience, like 60% of the energy is just toward UI. So once we did that, we had this really simple way to just say, type out the form and build some extra code to process it. And we had this, and that was not the code I released. They were on it for like two or three years. And it took me a year to be like, okay, I should contribute this back. And three years ago, I contributed back YAML form. And the date, like, this is where we're going to get to where we are now. The date was, like, Christmas Day. I remember, like, we were hitting the break, and I was like, I have three three days to play with this. So I started, like, framing it out. And I was like, okay, I'll stick the code up and see what happens. And I worked on YAML form for an entire year, and this is great. I don't know the issue, Q number, but there's this great thread where people, I like the name, but it's a, it's a bad name. For the market, <laughs> I literally had people, like, marketers from Aqua would be like, could we change the name of this? Because I can't really tell my clients it's called YAML form. Like, could we call it something else? You know, web form. And th there's this great ticket because it became a debate. What should we call this thing? And someone weighed in and they, were, they weren't even really nice about it. They are like, oh, we should just call it web form because it's not ported. It wasn't a great, their approach wasn't great, but they made a valid point. And then Quick Sketch got involved in the thread and said, well, you know what? The truth is that makes sense. This is, you know, reached a point where we're close to feature parity. YAML form is close to feature parity with web form. Let's move it over. And it, it worked out where like literally a year into the project, so two years ago, we switched over. Like I just migra I wrote a little mic a quick migration from YAML form to web form. And we did it, we tagged a beta release. And then like the breakdown is that literally like first year, YAML form was in beta alpha, hit kind of beta, and then we switched over to web form, that sat in beta, worked on it a year, and then a year ago, I tagged uh, RC, and I had hope. I, listen, in open source, it's like every step of the way, I'm like, I'm going to get a stable release out by this date. <laughs> and it's a really funny one. I'm like, DrupalCon. I want to get, everyone says that. I want to get this done by DrupalCon. And it just never, 
it kept being like, well, it doesn't, you know, like that Dreezer's old thing, it's ready when it's ready. Like, right. You, it, that's true in open source. So it kept falling back in. But now we're close. Like, I, just to get to the release candidate, like, I want to try to release by Christmas Day. Like, that's my goal. And we're, you know, we're at a point where enough people are using it, providing feedback, giving me, I'm getting enough, like, feedback so I get the bugs early enough and can resolve them. Um, and then people are also contributing other modules to web forms, which is a key thing. Like, web form views and statistics and analytics and just awesome. So, it's, so yeah. Christmas Day will be the anniversary of when you, when you first contributed YAML forms yeah. to the community. Absolutely. So, three years ago. Wow. So, so this is your new, your new goal date to have a stable release to get it out of RC. Yes, absolutely. I mean, and I think at this point it's so close that I'm okay with that. Like it'll be ready a few, you know, a couple of weeks before that date, but I think I'm going to just hold off because it's like Christmas day. You kind of have those, you know, you do your family thing and then you're kind of like, I got a couple hours here. <laughs> right. And also, you know, what's good. One thing about that date, which is great is not a lot of people are looking at their computers so I can just do it. Not expect someone to be like, oh, this is broken. I, you know, and people are on vacation, so it's really, you tag it, it's not going to be until January 2 that everyone's like, oh, yeah, you know, this is great, we're using it, or I, hopefully we can get, and one thing to throw out there is that hopefully a lot of people will move over to the stable release, because there's a lot of, there's been a lot of releases, so that creates a, a lot of, you know, tech, not technical debt, it's just like they're a little behind, you do run into some hiccups, so it's better just to get up to the stable release and development's going to slow, it's going to shift. It's mm -hmm. a stable release. The goal is to remain stable and kind of focus on just fixing bugs and not adding new features. Uh, I'm, I mean, I'm hoping to let Contrib add the new features. That's like Sure, the, yeah. I mean, in a lot of ways, I think the big changes will be someone will try to do something in Contrib with a feature and approach me and be like, we need a tweak to the API to expose this endpoint, to make it possible. Mm-hmm. Um, which would be great, you know, so we'll just improve the code. I'm not, and then I have to think about what's next. Mm -hmm. It's a good, it's a good question. I mean, I think taking a break is a good idea. <laughs> yeah, that's a long time to be working yeah. on just this one module as a, basically as a, you work for yourself, you're yeah. your own company, mm -hmm. but you've been working for the cancer center for how many years total you said? It's like 18 years. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I have that like, um, the forward to a lot of the Drupal books, like I remember the <laughs> Drupal six book goes into, you know. I built my own custom CMS and then I, and I got stupid, you know, like I, my joke, I wrote, um, a case study when they were, when MSK went to Drupal six. And my point was like, I was writing my own RSS feed parser and that's stupid. You're like, this doesn't make sense. And you know, like I convinced them, that was my argument to them. It was really, I said, look at this. We just wrote all this custom code for something. You go over to Drupal and it's just there. I mean, even like LDAP integration, I had to write custom LDAP and I'm like, just you know, go over to, even if they don't have the module, they have code around that can help you. I mean, even LDAP, a great example is we're not using the LDAP module. It didn't exist when we were went live, and but there was all this code out there. It was so easy to go out and grab it and write a little custom module to just get the job done. It just made life easier. So, um, yeah, they, they eight, yeah, so like the, if I say 18 years, so the first eight to nine years was this custom CMS that I built, like old school ASP and Cold Fusion. And then I got them over to Drupal 6. And we did a leapfrog from Drupal 6 to 8. Wow. Yeah, I, it made sense. I mean, the argument, it's everyone's struggling with that. It's mm -hmm. like getting to Drupal 8 and figuring it out and doing the migration. But I feel comfortable and I'm pretty heavy into the code that like this promise of Drupal 8 to 9 not being so painful, is, it's true. There's, you know, there, there, 
there's going to be some pain point. Like my argument would be, you know, when they do an update, when they did an upgrade uh, from six to seven or seven to eight, that's months of work. This isn't going to be a two week, you know, eight to nine won't be two weeks, but maybe be three or maybe three weeks of just QA, you know, just making sure your stuff works. It won't be, you have to go out and start a new redesign of your site, which is huge. Oh yeah. I think that's like a, going to change a lot of people's opinions. I mean, they just have to get over the hurdle. Mm -hmm. I think it feels like most of that is going to be going through what you've written as custom code and removing the deprecated functions Mm -hmm. and, you know, whatever new APIs come up to that. You're replacing your some of your hooks maybe with the new APIs. Yeah, I mean there'll be some technical debt where you just like there's no way to remove mm-hmm. this. De- there's no deprecation. You just have to fix it. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Not a complete rewrite like seven to eight. Oh, God. Yeah. That's, that's what we did. Yeah. We. It's pretty much started. And I think that's why web forms had to start from scratch. That was the mm-hmm. challenge with getting web forms up to up to D eight. It was a totally different system, and it, it required a rewrite. I didn't. Yeah. I. I that's why I started a new module because it was a whole different direction initially you had to take to get something working. Right, right. Yeah, it didn't make sense to take seven code and try and write it as eight. It made sense to rewrite it using eight's APIs and eight's new structures. Yeah, and I, we see that in a couple of modules because I just went to the groups presentation. It's like someone, instead of porting organic groups, they started the groups module in T8. And it makes sense. Like they just have to start over and think it out. Even commerce guys, with commerce, I think it was a pretty much a rewrite. Mm-hmm. I mean, they know what they're doing, but they started over... Beautiful DA code for commerce. I got to give them a shout out. If you want to look at something, you know, the most complex system with the best code, that that stands out. Nice. That's. I didn't realize the story went back so far with you as like bringing for a single client, basically bringing web form to fruition for that one client. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I guess I maybe I just assumed it was just a passion project, or you just decided I'm taking this all on my shoulders just to do it. Oh no, I was really scared. To t- I, I mean, they, I. If you, in the notes, if you can find the issue, it should add it to it because it was like in this thread with Quick Sketch. I'm like, I don't really want this responsibility. And he was really <laughs> encouraging. He was like, yeah. you know, he kind of sets a bar. He was like, you can do it. Mm-hmm. And he set, you know, this tone of like, don't feel overwhelmed about it. You're doing it for free. Like, that's important when you get pushed too far. People push, you know, like you learn how to wrangle the issue. You know, you're like, I do this for free. I try to help everyone push people i try to just direct if, if like people are asking for general support i try to help them a little bit but then i'll route them to drupal answers or the like drupal answers seems to be the best place mm-hmm. for general support questions that's great that actually leads right into my next question which was i always like to try and tease out a piece of advice that you could give to somebody who might be facing a similar challenge to you or something that you've just figured out sort of an aha moment and i think i being a maintainer of a major module like this, it's very daunting for anybody who's thinking about putting a module out there into the ecosphere, ecosystem, Drupal sphere. Yeah. Well, we'll make up new words. Why not? I mean, I have a lot of, I had to think, I've thought about it a lot. I write about it every once in a while, but there's like a couple of things that I, I mean, also, I think when you approach open source, you have to figure out how you want to work and engage in the community. And don't feel like when you see certain people in the like there's people that are just amazingly, they're brilliant able to jump from any piece of code to another piece of code write a patch and move on and that's a daunting concept i think people i'm personally overwhelmed by that i i i mean i'm a skilled developer but i like to just take one thing and focus on it and mm-hmm. then, then i can resolve and fix things and my approach has been for my module is to say i'm only doing web forms like i have some other modules i've written over the years and i'm not touching them i've marked them all as needs needs co-maintainer and I'm like, I'm going to do this one project. This is my commitment. And I'm, I'm setting some time limit. Like, this is like, like, 
I've committed a lot of time for it. I'm aware of it. I have the resources because I'm a consultant. It makes a huge difference. Like I've just made the decision to do this. And, and for me, I mean, I, I've talked about it's, it's like a professional decision, truthfully. It's like, and I use the word brand. It's like, because I needed, I had a resume that was kind of stale with 18 years experience at one company, which I don't think is a bad thing, but that creates a, a limited conversation when you go into an interview situation. Mm -hmm. Like, what do you really, you know, the fact that I was able to do web forms and I can go talk, I mean, I never publicly spoke until I started doing web forms. I just kind of got that, you get comfortable, you do it, you learn a lot. Mm -hmm. um, that's, I mean, hands down, that's the biggest value you can get. You figure out how, what you want to get out of it. And you, you can do what you want in the community if, you, you know, you gradually move around, mm -hmm. like learn how to do speaking. Um, I'm actually getting slowly involved in core. I'm, I'm working with the UX team, like just sitting in on the calls and trying to resolve some issues. And it's just interesting to see how open source works, how all these people come together. Um, so I hope that answers it. Oh, yeah. No, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's that's for me. I mean, I've been in the community 10 yeah. plus years now learning how to contribute back or what's what's the way that I feel like I can contribute back, not out of obligation, but out of a place that I feel comfortable. Yeah. And I think a lot of people probably feel that way. It can be very intimidating when you walk into a conference or a mm -hmm. camp and the, the big names that you see everywhere are standing around and talking and like, oh yeah, there's there's Webchick or there's J-Rock, he wrote web yeah. forms. And so how to approach that, how to feel comfortable and confident enough to give back. So I love getting those tips from people who have been in it for a long time. And like you said, quick sketch, Nate, a uh, colleague of mine at Lullabot, he is one of the, the nicest, most encouraging guys and who had a business through Webform. Like he had webform.com. Yeah. And to be able to hand that over to somebody who had the passion to run with it, I think shows a lot of his character. Yeah, I mean, he gets it. I mean, that's a, he deserves a full shout out for his understanding of open source, his contribution. I mean, what they're doing in Backdrop is amazing. Because also, I mean, I, I mean, like, the thing I'm impressed by Backdrop is besides code, it's they're trying to build a certain type of community of governance it's a little different mm -hmm. that tries to address cer certain people's concerns and it, it's it's a different product it's a different approach and it's amazing mm -hmm. like yeah he gets it he gets listen contributing is more than code that that's a really important thing it, you really can't just write code even though it's welcome uh -huh. and you you know there are there are people that just write code it's kind of amazing like i wrote like i used the imc module and i gave a shout out i have no idea who that developer is can't even figure out his name and he's just contributed for 10 years. This It's like in the top 40 modules. Every site that needed a file system uses IMC. And his thing is like, I'm just writing this code. And I think it works for him. I think like, you know, I'm sure it helps him on his resume. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's just like, this. And, and he's doing, it's kind of a funny one because it's a tricky one in the community, is Webforms is a glorious product to be maintaining because people get it. You're like, builds forms. IMC, it builds, you know, files. You, you can manage files with it. There are other aspects of the community where it's like, they're not so sexy and it's hard, you know, it's hard to get people involved or the momentum. Mm -hmm. Like, Rules did a great job of getting started and now they've lost some momentum because it's not as sexy as web forms or paragraphs, or, you know. Um, it's even getting people to buy in. To be like, it's valuable to help contribute to this. Like, even comp I mean, I think that's the other issue is if you're a contributor, you have to figure out how you're going to support yourself. Like as a company, I'm doing it because I, I consult, I can do that 30 hours a week and then I have the other 20 to play around with. Um, but a lot of companies aren't necessarily, I, in the web form issue, I run into that. I tell people like, look, that's great code. Throw it up on Drupal.org. You know, like that. some guy was doing a pie chart element. Who wouldn't want a pie chart element? 
And I said, you should contribute. And he's like, my company, I don't know. I'm going to keep pe- like bothering him to see if he can make the argument. I'll be like, make the argument that if you put it up on Drupal.org, I'll look at the code. Be like, that, that, that's just a sound pitch. It's like, if you put it up there, people who actually know exactly what's going on are going to look at it. Right. You, you start to leverage the power of the rest of the community to help you find the bugs or improve the code or you know, contribute to it, yeah. provide suggestions. And that's, yeah, that, I love having that kind of conversation to help people get past that, like to participate, engage in the community in whatever way they feel comfortable doing it. Yeah, I mean, I, I think um, there's some move where they should, as a community, we need to figure it out. Like even the legal stuff, like how do you, what's the arguments for a company to contribute to open source? What's the, even as a consulting to have a standard contract that just says, um, this works and it'd be open source. Mm-hmm. This is what it means. This is the liability. This is not the liability, which is kind of nice. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I don't think companies get that. We don't have that vernacular in our... Like, we, everyone has their own thing going on. And they do their own pitch. But to get that kind of like... I don't know, it'd be awesome. I always have a fantasy that open source needs like standard agreements, like clauses that you can just use in your contracts. Mm. It makes sense. It's like open source. Every, right. You know, like I creative commons everything I do now. I just don't care. Because mm-hmm. it makes it easier. Other people can reuse my slides. Yeah. That's fantastic. Uh, this, this has been great. I want to mm-hmm. take it and now turn it a little bit, um, sort of away from the code and mm-hmm. the, the work, because I want to know a little bit more about you, the people who, mm-hmm. who are making this happen. So my go-to question, if you woke up tomorrow and found out the internet was just gone, your computer can't connect anymore, it just doesn't exist, mm-hmm. what's the first thing that you're going to do? Well, I went to art school. So, and I'm not going to say, oh, I would go back to being a painter or an artist, but I think, um, I think people see it in web form, but it's like I like to tinker. So if electronics went away, I would just tink, you know, like I would create some project for myself mm-hmm. of like re- build, renovating my house or like, yeah, something just hands on. Yeah. You might still have electronics. They just uh, can't connect to another system. Yeah, what's the fun of that? <laughs> I don't think... You get like a little Arduino set or... I know, but think about that. If you have a computer that can't connect, that's like, you know, my kid on the phone when it, he, he's on the plane and can't really, or you don't have internet access on the train. It's useless. <laughs> it's just like half the games don't work now. So no, I, I mean, I, I, unplugging is a really important concept and none of, I don't think anyone's good at it. We still haven't figured it out, but uh, I almost want, you know, that I have a friend, I like the concept of just not checking your email first thing in the morning, even though I don't do it. I'm trying to. <laughs> not checking your email till nine o'clock, like don't plug in. I mean, I do all my web form work and this is a secret thing that people should take away. I do it all early in the morning. If you post an issue at 5 a.m., you'll probably get me responding immediately because I just do it like I wake up early. My family's all asleep and I get an hour or two to kind of putter around. And my mind, some reason, some people's minds are engaged in the morning, some are not. Mm-hmm. I wake up and I'm kind of like firing at full speed. Yeah, I think that's a very common trend. Like I've seen or read articles about this that typically people are more apt to to solve logic problems your brain is is geared into a more analytical mode in the mornings mm-hmm. and then you know afternoon it's that just the chemistry changes and it's you're better at like creative pieces so what it, it's mean? a generalization you but know, what does it mean because we have in the programming community you know people who program all night long you know like the, right yeah exactly thing. it doesn't what, fit everybody what code are they right maybe they're not writing the logic code they're just writing the brute force solving code the creative problems and then yeah, yeah. i don't and, know and you're like oh i got to do this repetitive task over and over again until two in the morning, which in, yeah, that does exist. And, you mm-hmm. know, I have that in web form all the time where there's like, I got to just go rename yeah. all these classes. And like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
you know, I have to actually, one of the big tasks, I have to port all the simple tests to PHP unit. And that is going to be a boring task that, you know, that, by the way, that might be the biggest pain point of going from eight to nine. That deprecation is going to hurt. Not hurt, but it's a reality that people just have to catch. Like mm -hmm. they got to rewrite all their tests. They got to redo them. Not redo them, but they got to port them. Yeah. 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 And that, you know, not some people don't want to spend the time on the test, but all right, what's the next? <laughs> uh, if you could be any module in the Drupal ecosystem, what module would you be? And I know the easy one for you is Webform because you've lived well, it for I'm so, so long. It. We talked, it's like, I'm very obsessed with it. So that becomes my like focal point. I'm trying to think, yeah, it's like, I mean, I, I'm a big fan of IMC because of the simplicity of it. Like, it's like that, it just does something really well that you need to do. Yeah. I, I would say IMC, and the other one that's in core, like this content moderation, but that's not a module anymore. That's a whole, oh, it's a system, module, yeah. but it, it's, when you look at that and what they're doing, I mean, I'm blown, work, oh, you know what I'll throw out there? Workspace. Because that solves a problem that we've been struggling with for like the entire history of content management systems. The, and I'll just, the, the pitch on Workspace to me is the fact that you can stage entire sections of a site and then publish it all at once, like little parts of your site. Right. That's that use case that going back to the presidential election, who's going to win, Hillary or Trump, and you have all the content there, and the fact that you have full control is just my, that's an age old problem in content management systems. The fact that Drupal is going to kind of nail it mm -hmm. is huge. Yeah, oh, I like so that. I'll go with I'll go with workspaces. Fantastic. I like that. That's a great one. Yeah. Uh, and so finally, I'd like to wrap these up. Uh, if you could share a little gratitude or say thank you to somebody who maybe gave you a nudge or inspired you along the way. I mean, I, I think um, Quick Sketch has been awesome in terms of handing the reins over um, and helping out. Yeah, like just encouragement. Um, I have to thank the co-maintainer of like Webform. Like there's a guy, Alexander, and I can never, he's from Ukraine, so I can't get his last name right. But he's been helping to co-maintain Webforms a little bit. Like... And he's just a, a really brilliant high-level programmer, so he'll just step in and solve some of the more complex problems or take or catch them, like access control issues. And he's also doing something which I, I have no concept of how it's working, to be honest, like Webform Views integration, because it's a whole different... Webform uses kind of a custom data structure, so you have to write a custom views integration. He's got the Webform Views module. It's just taking, like, taking that load off my shoulder. Like That would be 10% of the work I'd have to do. on it. If I had view... Views, web form views integration in the web form module I'd have to maintain it the test and he's just taking care of it and I have to thank I thank him continuously for that excellent yeah. uh, Jacob thank you so much thanks. I know we went a little bit long here but it was a great I, conversation I love getting into that so I appreciate you taking the oh, time here yeah. <laughs> alright I'll let you get back to the camp man. Right. thank you thanks whether you're learning how to build sites with Drupal or diving into the code, there are community-powered camps, summits, sprints, and trainings happening all over the world. Find all of these and more at DrupalCal.com. And of course, if you want to boost your Drupal chops from the comfort of your own home, point your browser to DrupalEyes.me and stuff your brain full of carefully crafted videos and tutorials. <laughs>